Torch Trust, Sight Loss 101, in conversation with Sheila Armstrong. Today I've got the great pleasure of having Sheila Armstrong with me, who's uh, been working for Torch for a long time. I'm sure we'll hear a lot about that. So Sheila, thank you so much for being willing to have this conversation with me. And, and I understand that you were blind from birth, is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, a recessive gene unexpectedly popped up, which means that my mum and dad, unknown to themselves, must have been both carrying it. And the result of that was that my retina and optic nerve didn't develop properly before I was born. So um, I was born blind, but they didn't realise for some time. Uh, I think they, as parents do, they look for every little sign of uh, reaction with a baby. And they noticed that I wasn't reacting in situations where you would expect a baby to react. So they'd already had my brother and he was fine, you know. Mm. <laughs> so they'd had, they'd had a bit of experience. Um, yeah. And so... Um, they took me to hospital and they told my mum and dad basically that I had got um, a serious loss of sight. Well, mum wouldn't believe it. This was, uh, we lived in Inverness at the time. What, what's and, the age, uh, the, Sheila, what sort of age were you when they first took you to, to get this explored? Uh, probably close to one or one and a half. You know, quite late on, uh, they realised that I, I was just wasn't seeming to react to things as, as would it be expected. Um, and when they took me to hospital uh, and they were told that I was blind in Inverness, my mum wouldn't believe it. She just mm. couldn't accept it. And she made my dad take me on the train all the way down to Glasgow. And of course, they told him exactly the same thing. So it was confirmed and then they had to accept it. So that was very difficult for them because they had had no prior experience at all of blindness in the family because it was a recessive gene, wasn't known about probably happened you know several generations ago but it just wasn't known about mm. so it was a shock to them especially yeah. my mum I think she yeah. suffered a lot from it really. Yeah that must have been a real shock and so what was it like for you growing up um, blind um, in, in a household and presumably a community where that was very unusual? Well I didn't really I think at the age when you're very small you don't really realise that you're you, you, that things are not the same for you as they are for other people. I had my, my, elder, my older brother, he was two years older than me. And then my sister came along, she's two and a half years younger than me. And I, I don't remember much about that really. Um, but I think the first thing that uh, made me aware was when the headmaster of the blind school in Edinburgh came up to Inverness to visit mum and dad. And unfortunately for me, he said to them, do not treat her any different from anyone from the other. Oh, really? Do not treat her any differently from any of the other two. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, if she's naughty, give her a smack, you know. <laughs> of course, that's not allowed now, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, don't let her away with things just because she can't see. So maybe I had got a bit of spoiling going on before this headmaster turned up. But after that, things changed. <laughs> I didn't notice a lot of difference, to be fair. So, so what did you do for schooling then? What happened? Well, I had to go to a school in Edinburgh, which is about 130 miles from Inverness. And in those days, there was no uh, mobile phones, no social media, no easy way of contacting. So at the age of five, uh, they took me down to the blind school. 
and said goodbye and I apparently just uh, started playing with other children but I think the reason was that I didn't understand what it meant although they tried to tell me at that age again you, you're not really you haven't really the concept of time and I had no idea what a whole term was uh, so I, I just um, didn't worry about being left in the school and I suppose gradually it it dawned on me that <laughs> I wasn't home very often. So from that age to 18, I was at home for two weeks in the summer, sorry, for two weeks at Christmas, two weeks at Easter and eight weeks in the summer. Yeah. And the reason we got eight weeks was because they didn't do half terms or bank holidays. So we got an extra couple of weeks on the normal six week school holidays. Wow, that's um, very different. And, and so what level of, of sight, help me understand what it's like. I, you've got some light perception, is that right? Yes, it didn't manage to totally damage everything. Um, I can see light and dark. My husband reckons it's like l l uh, looking through a, a piece of opaque um, paper. So I can't really see anything in front of me, but if there's a light source like a window or something on I'll probably be able to pick it out and that can be useful when you're walking about inside but it doesn't help me a lot outside you know I can't see the cars the pavement the, you know anything like that so um, guide dogs came up with a good title for it they, they described me as being functionally blind and I think that that's about the size of it because I don't actually yeah. use light to do anything like I could get dressed in the dark washed you know anything yeah. cooking I could do, do anything in the dark so I'm not actually using my sight for very much apart from detecting light sources okay and so you I understand um, from a basket in the corner of the office that you you had a guide dog until not too long ago yeah, um, I did. I've, I've had guide dogs since 1995. I've had three of them. Mm. But the last one, unfortunately, uh, had cancer and we had to let her go last December, a year past December, not, not this one just gone past. Yeah. And they haven't managed to fix me up with a, a new one yet. I think I left the basket there believing that they would fix me up pretty quickly because, you know, I'm totally blind. I was working. I sort of tick all the boxes of people that get guide dogs, but uh, that hasn't happened. And of course, the, uh, the advent of COVID put a stop to it altogether. So I'm still waiting. Yeah. And um, so presumably you use a stick and, and have people who, who guide. How's that working out in lockdown? Well, I use a long cane. I, I don't go out all that often. Uh, I uh, come into Torch. Um, I, I use a long cane for that. Um, I go down to the shop with my husband. I go into the town with the long cane myself. It's about a 35 minute walk. Yeah. Can't do it quite as quickly as I would if I had the dog. Uh, but it's, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not enjoying the actual need to use a long cane because you have to concentrate a lot. I'm getting better at it. I, I can walk a bit faster than I did at the beginning. But uh, as I said, I had guide dogs from 1995. And before that, we lived at Hallerton because Torch Trust was based in the small village. Yeah. So I didn't use the, the long cane all that often around the village either. Mm. So I hadn't used it in, you know, in proper housing estates and walking, crossing roads and such like, really, since I'd left Edinburgh in <laughs> 1976. So it was a big gap and it's taken me, a, you know, nearly the year really to build up confidence to use it again. Well, I bet it has. But I'm hoping to get rid of it as soon as possible. <laughs> well, let's, let's pray that the um, dog, new dog comes through um, really soon. Is there any news on that? Is that something that's that's 
planned or possible? Uh, well, I hope it's possible, but I haven't had any news. No. And Chida, what are, help me understand, what are some of the, the, the particular frustrations, challenges um, that, that come with your condition and, and um, in sort of everyday life? Help me to understand what that feels like for you. Well, I suppose when you grow up with blindness, um, you don't think about it so much, but obviously there are things that are more difficult. For example, if I'm cooking a meal, uh, if I'm doing it from scratch, which I, I do, I do as much as I can really, but I don't always. But if I'm doing it from scratch, it could take me two or three times longer to prepare the stuff than it would if you could see what you were doing. Uh, so I find that frustrating because I like to get on with things, you know. <laughs> um, but the yeah, so preparing food uh, can be a bit of an aggravation. Um, having to remember a lot of things. If you put something down and, you know, it helps you if you can remember where it is, because otherwise you'll be fooling around for it for ages. And I think that remembering a lot of things throughout the day does put a, make you tired. You know, it does, it does wear you down. And uh, I find that uh, that can that can be frustrating. And of course, when you're out and about, you know, people make remarks at you. I think as you get older, you maybe they maybe float over you a bit more, but um, you know they they tell you obvious things like um, you're coming to a road, you know the cars are coming, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, especially I find it happens more with the long cane actually than than probably because I don't look so confident, and maybe they believe the dog can actually see or interpret a lot more than they actually can yeah but uh, people do leave you in peace quite a lot more when you've got a guide dog than when you've got a long cane but yeah so that that can be frustrating and you know i've i've been to university i, I, I and i you know i've had an education but people do sometimes speak to you as though you don't know anything about anything and you know they kind of state the obvious that can feel frustrating yeah. but i think the worst thing uh, is in terms of christian terms which is you know i have been to churches sometimes and people have implied well of course if you had enough faith you'd get you you'd be sighted now you, you'd be able to see and it's like people have already judged my christian life and my christian walk with god and, and that is that is quite upsetting you know it's, it's happened a few times um and it's not fair, you know, it really is not fair. <laughs> you know, I could say to them, well, maybe it's your faith that's the problem, but I'm, I'm not that cheeky, really. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you, you, sometimes, you sometimes feel feel like saying things like that. But yeah. um, I, I guess, you know, uh, the Lord helps you not to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, that can be frustrating. And it, it is deeply unfair because it implies that a, the Lord can't use you as you are, and B, you know, you're somehow inferior, in an inferior class to people who consider themselves to be, um, you know, uh, no, no disabilities. But, you know, I think people have all sorts of different things that hold them back one way or another. Um, maybe they're not all, they don't always admit to it, but it, it is grossly unfair. It just happens to be a very visible uh, disability. I mean, I'm quite aware that you miss out on a lot of things like photographs and uh, you know like in church maybe if people put up videos there, there's a big swathe of life that's cut out for me yeah. 
that, that, I, that I can't enter into. But I think if you're a positive uh, blind person, which I hope I am, you've got to focus on what you can enter into and make the very best of it. Yeah. So, so how do you feel that your, your faith, your Christian faith, has actually helped you to navigate, to understand, to live with um, your sight loss? Well, I think probably I didn't feel that I had a problem living with the sight loss so much as, as how other people reacted to it. And I think uh, being a Christian uh, and reading to uh, in the Bible how to follow the Lord and, you know, getting to know the character of the Lord Jesus and he's left us an example that we should follow it. I, I think that has tempered me, has helped me not to get aggressive when people say things that, you know, really can be quite hurtful sometimes. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's just great that you can take a thing like that to the Lord and find peace by praying to him. And, you know, he, he knows about it anyway, but you can share it with him. And I think that's where I'd say my faith helps me to navigate um, the, the knocks in life that I might receive as a result of the blindness. Um, Sheila, last question for you. Um, Torch produces lots of resources to, to help blind and partially sighted people. Have there been, over the years, have there been anything in particular that stands out as something that's been the greatest help to you? I think knowing that there's a good library at Torch, um, is, is something I've appreciated. I, and, and also the resources. When I was a young Christian, I remember getting a book. We, we don't do it now, but it, it, it was a very good book. And I think you can still get it on Kindle called Search the Scriptures. And it was a study book. And for a young Christian, that was really good. It, it was great to have things in Braille, especially as a new Christian, but also reading. I'm reading a Tom Wright book at the moment, the day the revolution began uh, and it's all about the cross and what it, what it means to us yeah. and the great change that it made when the Lord Jesus died and rose again. And I'm really appreciating reading that book. So it's giving opportunities to read things that just weren't available before. So I'm really pleased. I, I read Braille. I also listen to audio as well. I can't read large print, of course. Uh, or standard print but um, there's a lot and of course the synthetic voices are getting better and better and if you're able to train your ear to put up with them there are loads of books on kindle that are christian books as well but you know there are people who can't do that so mm. it's good to have hard copy books as well and, and i think you know you're more relaxed really when you're reading a hard copy book whether it's in print or in braille yeah Sheila, thank you. It's been a, a joy to talk with you. Um, really appreciate um, your, your responses to things and, and to be learning from you. So thank you for making this opportunity. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in Sight Loss 101. For more information on Torch, call 01858 438 260